0: Love it. Friends don't play. Stop it! You're freaking her out! He's freaking me out! The upside down.
1: Do you understand what he's talking about?
0: No. I found a the buddy!
2: Oh god, please tell me it's not the kid.
0: I need him to hide!
2: Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Holy shit. Welcome back! My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the unofficial Stranger Things podcast. And we have just watched the fourth episode. Stranger Things for, that's four for four. Like Wendy's motherfuckers, four, 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 four. four Come four, four. no, we can't say that.
0: that four, a- four, 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 four. <laughs> that's the most. Ins- that's a local ad listener, and
2: it's, it's yeah. Nobody's gonna get that <laughs> reference. <had anything>. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna get that reference. No. Uh, anyway. Yeah, we just finished the episode, we're gonna recap it, talk about our favorite moments, try to find some Easter eggs that we call egos. If you're listening to the show for the first time, welcome and thank you to our old veteran listeners. Welcome back. We're having a blast. We're, we're actually watching this slower than most people probably because we have to stop and recap these episodes and it gets exhausting. But we're, we're having a great time. I know that uh, the reviews online for this, this season of the show are very, very positive. I'm eager to keep going. We may finish today. That's the goal. We may not. You don't even know what day this is because it's the, the magic of the internet and, and audio, right? But we're, it's a day. Yeah, here's a hint. It ends in the word day.
1: That's <laughs> true.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's Saturday. <laughs> um but yeah we're're we're, we're barreling through thank you for joining us on this journey uh, a few business things right off the top real quick you can email the show anytime at streamingthingspod at gmail.com that's streamingthingspod at gmail.com email we've been getting uh, a lot of uh, listener emails and very excited to read them so those are heartening so keep keep, keep those coming You can also subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things. Patreon. It would mean the world to us. The world. If you subscribed. Subscribe. Maybe throw some some chump change our way if you got it. If you don't, that's fine. And I need you to hear this next part very carefully because you're not hearing it. I can't say it any more clearly. Okay? For free. At no cost to you whatsoever except a mere few seconds of your time. You can rate and review the podcast oh on whatever God. app that you're listening. You know, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, 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 other ones I haven't heard of. Wherever it is, ask Jeeves. It could even yes. it could be a one word review,
0: like give us five stars and then write good. Yeah, Get, leave five stars, great. Sure, leave one star, great. <laughs>
2: yeah, or an emoji. I saw some of those on competitors, just emojis. Which there you go. I yeah. assume are bots, but hey, eggplant. Give it, and by the way, if you know any bots that are looking for a new podcast, send them our way. Cause they seem to be leaving five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need that because there's a couple other stranger things, podcasts out there. And, and as great as I'm sure they are, we want to be number one. We want to crush our enemies into the ground. That's true. I went
0: to school of HR Pickens, and uh, I want to be like HR Pickens and, and crush my enemies into the ground. Yeah. I just
2: want to drink the blood of my enemies. You guys. Yeah. That's all we want to do here at yeah. streaming things. So <laughs> if you could do that, at least to help us out, that'd be wonderful. But on the Patreon, there's a ton of extra content, Steve, uh, built an entire D trivia game stranger mm-hmm. things themed for us we did that and posted that online so check that out if you have extra time and extra cash if you want to be infuriated
0: be like enza listener of the show who does subscribe to our patreon and get really mad at the music trivia round of that uh, of that game she was As so Chris mad and andy cannot figure out what the songs
2: are that i'm playing for them <laughs> uh, i threw a little accidental cindy lawper shade uh, so if you want to <laughs> you want to make fun of me, that's on our Patreon. Uh, but this episode that we're talking about right now is Chapter 4, Dear Billy. But before I go any further, we got a little extra special something these days for you. We're doing Stranger Things themed Mad Libs. Steve's Ooh. kick us off. Will, are you there? That is the
0: title of this episode's oh, okay. Mad Libs. Uh, starting off, we need a part of the body, plural. Uh, feet. Ooh, feet. I like that one. Adjective go with intelligent last name smith fuck smith fuck (laughs) (laughs) uh verb ending in i n g whacking whacking in my tool shed. number oh i can you change it to schmacking
2: yeah schmack schmack uh number 420 dope adjective lonely Plural noun
0: geese why'd you say it like that i don't know geese (laughs) (laughs) Can tell you about my geese <laughs> verb ending in I N G. Menstruating. Gross. Mm. Adjective. Fierce. Verb throw. Same plural noun, which oh is that geese? I guess that's geese. More geese. Is it geese or geeses? English major over here. Uh, noun. Ocean. Type of building.
2: Uh Tudor. Like a tutor home?
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll write tutor home verb relax silly word heath bar <laughs> heath bar exclamation confound it all confound it all verb toss and lastly plural noun friends don't <laughs> lie <laughs> and we will be lying to you if you say we did not read the the, the outcome of this
2: Mad Libs at the end of the episode So stay tuned to figure out Will, are you there? We don't know if he's there or not But we'll find out soon On to the main event We've just watched chapter 4 Dear Billy And Netflix describes it thusly Max is in grave danger And running out of time A patient at Penhurst Asylum has visitors Elsewhere in Russia Hopper is hard at work Dun, dun, dun. I pictured like a law and order, dun, dun, dun at the dun. end of that. Executive producer, Dick Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so we opened the show with the boys and the government. And I took silly notes this time. So we'll see how this goes. I got the boys and the government. It's uh, so, funny you, because I literally wrote Cali boys and the government. <laughs> wow. We are one of the, man, wow. we are on the same page over here. I mean, we have literal separate pages, but we're on the same one. You're so in the, the same, same book. book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. We're not even we're not only on the same page, Chris. We're on the same syllable, all right? Dang. yeah. so uh you what is it? It's Mike. It's Jonathan and it's will. Mm-hmm. and we got like the the new lady who's like reminiscent of the evil like silence pistol lady from season one, but she's like the good version. Officer Frazier, I think was her name, really? Yeah. I then, think it was Connie Frazier. I think was yeah. her name. And then the two like agents, and these are all like Doctor Owen's agents, and they're trying to explain to the boys what's going on. And she gives uh, Mike a note that was written by Eleven, uh, and they're saying, "Hey, Eleven went off to get her powers back. It was her choice. You guys got to sit tight. Hawkins is in grave danger, but you can't tell anybody in Hawkins without endangering Eleven, right? Because the 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 evil faction of the There's, government yeah. is." Uh, uh, listening at all times. As Steve was right, there's factions in the government. He predicted that as a major plot point of this season. I'm throwing it out there. Hashtag he deserves Steve a prize. was right. Hashtag Steve-, Steve was right. Steve has three Emmy- Emmys, but that's not enough. He needs another award for predicting this plot line. I'm just saying, when are you guys gonna get on board and finally listen
0: to me and listen to my word as what it is—the gospel? All right, mm-hmm. I'm spitting hot fire. I'm telling truths right and left, but no, everyone's always doubting me. Andy's like, "You what? You don't like Heath bars?" I'm like, "No, old man."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listener, just know that if there's a Heath bar that's out there that hasn't been eaten yet and you're in range,
2: it's your duty. To your country <laughs> to give it a shot. So let's tell the story real quick. Andy's got a big bag of a medley of different candy bars. Like, that like he Halloween bought. candy? Yeah, that he bought for the for the binge fest of Stranger Things, okay? And we hear him wander into his kitchen, shuffling with the gait of an elderly man, which makes sense as you'll f- soon find out. Mm-hmm. And then we hear him exclaim oh heath bars i didn't know these were in here and he comes running back in the living room all excited and and steve and i are laughing and he's like what's so damn funny you sons of bitches which is weird and rude of him to say and we said why are you so excited about the heath bars because just so you know what's also in there reese's pieces uh rollo's uh, Kit Kats, a bunch of far more delicious candy bars, and but he was so excited that he found the treasure that is a Heath yeah. bar. And I, to this very moment, he doesn't know what's so damn funny about that. I'm just saying you guys are missing out on the finer things <laughs> in life.
0: I'm not I, saying like, I, I, yeah, I think Heath bars are fine, but I've never once been even moderately excited about see their existence. Steven, <laughs> your word is the gospel of the devil.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's I, I want to hear no more. Yeah. Not today, Satan. <laughs> blasphemy. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Blasphemy. You're over
2: there speaking blasphemy about Heath Bar, Steve. So anyway, that's what's going on. <coughs> In uh, our lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike reads the note. It's from Elle. And she says, hey, I'm going to get my superhero powers back from, from L." Which I, I I was so giddy when I read that. I was like, nice. Yes, queen. Slay. Because, of course, famously, last episode, she pointed out that he never tells her that he loves her anymore. And he always signs his letters from Mike instead of love. Mm -hmm. So she very pointedly says from L and I didn't even take it in like a petty way. I like she just like, you know what? You're right. I don't love you. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I dump your ass. Nah. Yeah. Dump your ass. That's implicit. Uh, I just love that. You guys also I saw you both noticed that as well. And you liked it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's getting his comeuppance. Indeed. Indeed. So we cut to uh, Robin and Nancy arriving at the school, which is where we ended last episode. So the the gang's all back together, uh, breaking into uh, Mrs. Kelly, the counselor's records. Of course, last we left Max, she was uh, witnessing the vision of the clock, which Mm -hmm. does not bode well for her. And she recounts all of that and what she's discovered about herself to the rest of the gang. Hey, I think I'm about to die uh, because I've been getting a lot of headaches, as did Fred and uh, Chrissy. And now I'm seeing visions. So I got about 24 hours to live. And fit- I,
0: I want to point out that I think uh, Chris was right. Hashtag Chris was right. Because last episode, Chris was like, oh, Vecna's going after people who feel guilty. Yeah. And uh, we I had- wasn't going to harp too much about that, guys. Yeah, I'm a discussion. humble man. Hey, I am a kind, godly voice. And I want to make <laughs> sure that I, I give the devil his due. Thanks, buddy. And
1: it's sad, though, because in this case, it is just trauma that they feel unfounded guilt. All, in every case. Even, even that, he's still like, hey, I'm coming for you. Yep. I don't know. I I think think it might be
0: founded in Fred's case specifically. Fred specifically. (laughs) The rest of them less so. Yeah,
2: sure. But at the same time, and I want to talk about this at great length at the end of this discussion. um, But also we're going to hurry because we want to watch episode five and get some Indian food really badly. Uh, (laughs) But I think that there's a huge thematic element to what's going on more than any other season. And I am so here for it. Um, But even in Fred's case, I mean, we all make mistakes. Some of them grave mistakes in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I always try to have empathy but you could see he's a kid he panicked sure, yeah. he panicked he ran it's not like he's like more at fault necessarily than other people it's not like he saw that burning car when <laughs> hell good v- victor murdered innocent people you know what I mean? but he made a mistake in war like you know I think that uh it's very much on purpose that we see all these different angles of of life mistakes um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting horror villain to because you've seen that like he feeds on the fear a lot. Right. But to to feed on the guilt. uh, That's awesome. I think it's really, really neat. Um, Then we cut to uh, Lucas uh, and the lamp is my note there. So Lucas arrives at the school late. Remember, he fled from Jason and the other douchers and uh, he shows up and Steve almost beats out of him with a lamp. Very close. Very
0: close. He rode his bike
2: eight miles to get there. I know I ran. I can't even ride a
1: bike. Is, Is that hard? Eight miles is not that far on a bike. Okay, uh, but I mean, if you at his speed though, if you're on if you're on a road uh, that the, you'll zip that right by. But if you're going like what he probably was, which is like through the grass, up the hills and stuff, like yeah, that that that's some
2: effort. So I was wondering too, and this is the dumbest thing for any dumb idiot like me to be thinking of the entire time I was watching that scene. But it was my second viewing, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, I wonder when they shot that. Did they have? Lucas jog in place off screen or did they like spritz him with some water to make him look sweaty so is he pretending to be out of breath is that acting You know they definitely probably spritzed him for the effect of sweat but they also probably I would imagine or it
0: might be his a It bit. might be down to the actor as well the actor might have also like I feel like I need to
2: get myself out of breath too Sure I was just wondering. I know, what would I do? I think I would probably try to run around. But I, then if you got to do like 13 takes, you're like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah.
2: I, know, I know the voice actor. Do you
0: remember Dash from The Incredibles? The little kid oh, yeah. that would sprint fast. That actor has said like he would go out in the hallway outside of the recording booth and run like laps before he was supposed to have his like out of
2: breath lines. Yeah. It so, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I was just thinking. Just yeah. wandering in my own little noggin. And then we cut to um, Erica. And There's a scene between Erica and Jason. Uh, and I really like this scene. So Jason shows up at the Sinclair household to find out if Lucas is there and if not where he's been. And he really tries to bully Erica, crack down on her. He's just a pretty menacing, like borderline sociopathic guy. Right. We're finding more and more out that Jason's not all there, uh, perhaps driven mad by what happened with Chrissy. Sure, yeah. But I like to think that as a uh, head jock, he was just always probably going to do criminal things. Right. And so <laughs> but erica Chris, is, that is your own bias no not at yeah. all <laughs> erica is, he's met his match in erica though she's not to be bullied or trifled with in god, any way
0: god help that man who who goes up against erica who was painting her lead figurines by the way i love how they're really leaning into uh, how big erica of a dnd head she is such a nerd yeah, yeah. Uh, when last season she was so against like i'm not a nerd nerd I'm cool i'm a cool math
2: whiz all right Those, it all started dads. with my little pony it's, she's a brony. Mm. My Little Pony is the, uh, you know, gateway drug of nerds. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. It starts with My Little Pony. Next thing you know, it's the heroine of d and Crack. <laughs> I need some more of that rainbow dash. <laughs> uh, and then we get to this little scene in the Wheeler basement um, with uh, Steve, Dustin, and um, what's his little? Lucas. Uh, and then Max is off to the side writing her letters. I, I love this. How the show acknowledges all of the questions that you're asking yourself in that moment, right? And even goes so far as to acknowledge that the timeline doesn't work, right? So it it just calls itself out. It's really meta the way that they're you know because the audience surrogate is Steve, and he's like, "This doesn't make any sense." Okay, so you're saying it's the Vecna's first victim was Victor. That was. 30 years ago I don't know mm-hmm. how the fuck does that make sense he just hasn't killed anyone since like mm-hmm. and that's all the questions that were bouncing around my noggin at the time so I really appreciated it was like hey we didn't screw this up we're gonna answer these yes. questions eventually yeah and it's kind of cool because it's like this halfway point and it's like I relax like oh okay mm-hmm. you know instead of getting worried that this was going down a way that I wouldn't like and right. I how they like, kind of flip the script on this
0: on the series because usually it's Dustin who's like here's this really insane crazy thing duh but Steve Harrington's there like, no, 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 that no, that's that doesn't work <laughs> yeah. here. That's not applicable. There's
2: questions to be had. You could use a little humility, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. that was really, really funny meta joke for sure. Um, and then we cut to uh, not We don't cut, but Robin and Nancy burst in and they tell us their plan. So they plan on impersonating like um, was it masters or, or even doctoral? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I feel like they college were...
2: age students. Well, thesis is masters, right? Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, dissertation, dissertation is doctorate, PhD. so they're like master's level college psychology students, is what they're going to impersonate. And in the eighties, was very easy. You just got to print something off, transcript done. Right? There's no, <laughs> no watermarks or anything God, like that. I was born in the wrong. Generation. Yeah, we could have been yeah. monsters back then. Crushed this shit uh, and criminals apparently brought it up. What yeah. we're talking about is criminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we would have gotten away with it. <laughs> yeah, well, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Having us born 30 years later.
0: But yeah, they want to impersonate the these two students, but uh, they have designated Steve as the quintessential babysitter because we all know his track record with babysitting, right? He's great.
2: at he's, it. he's batting a thousand. But they're not babies anymore. As Nancy said, she's like, actually, I, I think it's worse than that. That's funnier because she's like, basically, no, it's not that they actually can take care of themselves, but you're way too dumb to pull off what I need in <laughs> this situation. They're babysitting
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's kind of funny. Uh, we cut to Murray and Joyce, and there's this funny little exchange in what I think is a hotel room. And, and you know, Joyce is really trying to get a hold of the kids, which turns out they're not doing great. Uh, and, and Murray's like, look, we got to go. And he has a funny exchange. So there's a few things in life you can be late to, like a one-year-old's birthday party, for instance. That little idiot doesn't know. <laughs> uh, but a, a, a ransom meeting, you have to be on time, too. You know, hangs up the phone, and they head out. And then it cuts to a scene between Enzo who we find out his name is Antonov in this episode, uh, talking to Hopper in line at the prison, Kamchatka prison. Kombucha. Yeah, the Kombucha prison. <laughs> and he gives him uh, his his estimation of his odds of success for actually escaping. And again, just to remind everybody who's actually on episode four with us, um, <clears throat> Hopper is supposed to bust himself out of prison, right? And mm-hmm. he's got a, a plane ride home is all Enzo has secured.
0: Yeah. he's en- Enzo has secured him the method to leave Russia. But it's on hop to leave the
2: prison. Right, which you would think in itself would be its own trick,
0: you know? Yeah, and Enzo goes from giving him 50 to
2: 1 odds to uh, 101. So. Well, he remembers that uh, Steve McQueen, the Cooler King, actually didn't make it. And he's like, you know what, actually, it's even harder than I thought. It's 100 to 1. Uh, <laughs> and I love the whole idea of like this Russian prison guard being a huge fan of American pop culture. He'd yeah. be like Steve McQueen, the Cooler King. You know? you see, great escape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, thing, though. I remember hearing people who would like, go over to the Soviet Union of that time and all the people that lived there be like, Oh, I, re- I really want American jeans. Get me <laughs> jeans.
2: Condiments, and I love them. You know what I really need more than anything on world is Heath Bar. <laughs> so fucking delicious. Heath I hear. Uh, <laughs> Motherland, there's Heath Bar here. American mayonnaise. Do you want this uh, Butterfinger, Antonov? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we cut back to the uh, what I wrote was government golfers. Uh, those, <laughs> those two seemingly dud agents sitting there watching golf, seemingly and, being the operative word. Absolutely, here. wow. They,
0: Jonathan calls them something. I can't tell if they're their names, but he calls one of them Paunch, and I, and I think that's the dude who lasts a little bit longer. But I. But I couldn't tell. I was like, is that the real name or is that like
2: a derogatory? Like, he's we'll, got he's we'll, paunchy. We'll, what
1: was the other name? Like,
2: we'll, we'll we'll address that in the ego segment, guys. Oh, gotcha. you got it? I got gotcha. you. All right. Um, but yeah, they're sitting there watching some golf and uh, J Bird hatches a plan to call his pizza friend, order some pizza and bust on out of there. Meanwhile. I got to say, before you move on,
0: this, this whole season so far, Jonathan's been having this like crisis of like motivation or who he is. But when, when Mike and Will are having that exchange where they're kind of, you know, you know, uh, they're kind of talking to each other, but then Jonathan shows up and he's like, well, then it's up to us. Then that was the moment where I was like, fuck yes. Jaybird's back. He's finally, he's, he's on the saddle. He's he on the right track. on this drama. Dude, this is when he's in his element. And that was such a, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but like I, I was sitting on the couch next to, next to Chris. And when Jonathan has that line and the camera pans over to him, I was like,
2: Yes, <laughs> he did a fist pump. If, fist if pump. you can't hear the fist pumping, that's what's happening on Steve's end over there. Whoa, that didn't sound good. <laughs> the fist is pumping on Steve's end. <laughs> Steve's fist it up, you guys. That was my other hand. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was really cool. There's actually a big scene there where, you know, Mike's having this crisis kind of trying to work through L and and Will's actually really helping him through it. And I got to say I don't know how you guys are sitting with this but I'm still such a huge fan of Noah Schnapp. I think he's incredible. Uh, he's so good. Isn't he? Like he among like really the is. the kids other still. than other than one other, he's far and away the best. Mm-hmm. Um but any who's, Uh yes, yeah, so he Wait, he, who's the one other? Sadie? We, yeah. Okay. It's Sadie Sink. I think is the best. Um Do you think she's better than Noah? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I think her, she's, she's got some really nuanced uh, stuff. She's definitely got way more to work with this season. Than she, she, yeah, than And uh, I've uh, seen her in other things mm-hmm. is what I'm going by too. Like I'm still like, she blew my mind in fear street. I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, that was a thing. Um, so anyway, yeah. Then John comes so They all kind of come to this realization at once. Like, Hey, the only one that can actually do anything is 11. Right. <laughs> and we always kind of help. So whatever they're doing in there, that's going to not work. So we need to get out of here. And they're, it's hilarious, but it's also correct. Right. Got to get ourselves out of this problem. Because, uh, you know, it seems silly. Like they have this like psychotic issue of like wanting to get involved. But then the way that Will explains it, you know, Dr. Owens is a great guy. He couldn't help me. Like zero, you guys are the ones that saved. Him. Right. And it's like he's got some, he's got a point. Yep. He's 100 percent right. If they had just sat back and let Dr. Owens help Will in season two, Will would not be here. So they if better, town better had, get out of there. If this town had literally just sat around
0: and allowed the government to do with the government's work. Yeah. Chaos. 11 would be in jail, like still being worked on. There'd probably be Demogorgons eating everybody. It'd be it would
2: not be a good game. chaos. Absolute chaos. And let the kids fix it. Uh, And then we cut back. We are living in that timeline. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. That's very true. Um, The world will be saved by Gen Z. We are (laughs) Hawkins without an 11 in the real world. Uh, Cut back to Max writing her letters. So she's basically writing all these goodbye letters and getting things off of her chest. Right. All of her making amends, all of her deep, dark secrets that she's preparing to die. Which is a very sad thing to watch like a 16 year old go through or whatever. Right. Very sad. 15. I'm not sure. Uh, Very sad. Probably 15. Mm -hmm. um and it's so just bonkers
0: to think about like oh she's been writing all night and then when she hands you a letter how does how would that make you feel if like you knew your friend's life was in danger like here i wrote you a thing don't open it until i die i'll be like oh that's such an impossibly hard situation to be in
2: yeah and i think uh it was played really well because there's this comedic element to it just by nature of how funny Dustin Lucas and Steve are all the time but also it's won't
1: won't look at her she goes to hand them the letter oh yeah I'm just chilling over here Uh, you can look at me now oh thank god
2: but it's also weighty you know and I think it's balanced really well tonally Um, we cut back to Robin and Nancy with Dr. Hatch and Robin is dressed up in uh, really frilly clothing that she is not a fan of. She's actually been really dramatic about it. I'm breaking out in rashes. Uh, my boobs hurt or whatever. I'm not, expe- I don't have any experience with that. Obviously. And then, you know, uh, the, the, the turtleneck parts joking me. I hate this. And uh, Nancy's like, chill out. We got to do this. Um, and then Robin goes on this tirade in Dr. Hatch's office and uh, uh, to Nancy's chagrin, right? Nancy thinks she's about to blow it, but she goes on this like ADHD tirade of perfection and I don't know about you guys, it's it's helped by the music that they intentionally play during that speech. Mm -hmm. I was actually inspired. Like there's a really cool element to this. Like as funny as it is, you know, she's lying, you know, she's hamming it up and it's all part of the plan. But at the same time, if this was in, if that speech was in a different movie about a young lady in the seventies who wanted to be a psychologist, I would be inspired. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it. it, it's that effective.
0: She says something like, you know, if you know, crybaby Petey Petey McHugh went in here and he asked to see him you would let him in right away because yeah, he's a yeah. man
2: Yeah, <laughs> and like it, it was like yeah 100% yeah Dr. Hatch is like shit alright let's go I got 30 let's take 30 he tells his little dud secretary outside he's gonna be back in 30 minutes I, I just love that when
1: they, he, he's, he, you know, this, the speech is affecting and they go and he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's go interview the guy. And they're like, yeah, you know, that one professor, the uh, fuck, what was his name? Professor uh, Dick, Butt uh, Dick <laughs> Brantley, <laughs> Brantley, you, we want to, yeah, Brantley, we, we feel like we do better, do better if we did it alone. Is that cool? You can leave. And he's like, okay. And let them do it. And I'm like, never mind the ins- inspiration from that speech like they just acted shadier than like, the shadiest of shade that was slim shady and they were they, they he just went along with did them. i say bradley i meant brantley sorry i'm <laughs> well, he didn't go comer. along with it well he went and well he he did though he let them talk to her and then he went and called and checked the reference or whatever.
2: well he didn't want to right. let them cue him in that he was on to them or they would flee he thought he had busted some some spies right and he tells the guard keep an eye on him it's the guard that fucks up because the guard's like, absolutely, we'll keep a very close eye. He I'm gives gonna... him
0: like the, knot, the the secret handshake, like, we got some fraudsters, and the guard's like, got it.
2: Break <laughs> 100%, it. Doc. 100%, I take a break in five. <laughs> 100%, I take a break in five. Because when he says, I have something very urgent to attend to, it's to yeah, call Dr. Brantley. For sure. But so he's still he's gave not them what fooled they... in the slightest by well, their still roots. He gave them
1: what they wanted, though, which is what blows my mind. Yeah, but he didn't they know like... they were so fleet footed. Actually, <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to go check these references before you can talk to Vic. Sure. Well, that would have been
0: terrible for the plot and Max will be dead. So Big I don't Big know what Daddy. you want, Andy. <laughs> I, I know it was the 80s, but, you know, my, my ex dealt with a lot of institutional issues like that. And it was like when they were giving him all that spiel, it was I was like, like, this is super inspirational and I'm loving these characters. But this would never fucking happen
2: at all. <laughs> In uh, the 80s, maybe. Where, yeah, in the there 80s. There was very way less HIPAA. I don't even yeah. know if that was a thing.
0: Yeah, in the 80s, if you went to someone and were like, I have schizophrenia, they'd be like, uh, run under on a cool tap.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's a washcloth, a dry one.
0: <laughs> How about we have a moist towelette? <laughs> you have a good day. Now. You say you hear voices, huh? How about we
2: electrocute you a couple times a day? <laughs> yeah. And here's a Heath bar. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we cut. Speaking of Heath bars, we cut back to Yuri. That's where we meet Yuri. And I, I love this scene, I think it's brilliant because there's like a double subversion there and I could be reading too much into it. So Yuri pops out of the plane and there's like this horror music playing and he's a little domineering because he has the uh, welding mask on, right? So it's like mm. this uh, sinister figure. And then he lifts it up and he's this goofball and he makes a bunch of jokes. So what they do intentionally is, oh my God, he's scary, actually he's really cool meanwhile he is a villain so that whole subversion when you first meet him disarms you completely as to any susp- mm-hmm. suspicions that he might be a myth right am i right like that's oh, kind of hundred percent you think immediately so. think oh this guy's a lovable rascal yeah i love this little russian scamp oh mm-hmm. this is funny he's so Enzo's, goofy ends cool so this guy must be cool too yeah. right and in fact he is not cool uh so then we cut to more of the hopper bust um and the rest of it in fact you know he he has this whole plan hatched and he breaks his pickaxe thing and then he goes into the shed to get a new pickaxe, beats the shit out of that guard, takes way too long getting his shackles off. It's unfortunate that the other guy that's kind of been suspicious about him the whole time runs in there.
1: Nosy Putin.
2: They have a great like... uh uh, Chad Stahelski, uh, I don't know, David David Leach kind of atomic blonde fight that's really tense in that shed. Uh, and then he ends up finding some fucking clutch dynamite in there. Thank goodness. And because when they, all the other guards rush yeah. in, he's able to climb out of the roof, get out of there, blow them all up, and then get on this like James Bond uh, jet ski, snow ski thing. Oh, thank fuck for that thing too. Oh, God. <laughs> and the keys are in it. Goodness <laughs> gracious. That explosion was enormous. That, that was I love that because food. I expected it to like. Er, scare them and it just killed them all and just i was like oh, neat. yeah Aww, <laughs> and you even neat. see one of them go flying <laughs> off to the right did you see that yeah <laughs> heat bomb. <bald. laughs> <laughs> oh real quick kind of i want to before you say anything i just want to point i'm sure you caught this i didn't know this but now it's a fact did you know that all the stormtroopers in star wars are actually russian Because holy shit, they were like 20 feet from Hopper on that thing. And they all missed, not a bullet. I mean, they were literally from here to Steve's car at the farthest point. 16 AK-47s. Damn it. Wearing too much plot armor. I just wanted to write that because I wrote Russians or Stormtroopers. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was
0: going to write down. Kind of backing up to the the Yuri. Scene. Back it up, Steve. I just really wanted to. I, I, that scene was so fun in that I kind of was like, I really hope there's a Murray Yuri spinoff because Murray <laughs> Yuri. The way they had that little like Yuri Murray, Murray Yuri, Yuri and Murray. Murray, and then Murray's like, I do not like him. Yeah, like because in any other scenario, Yuri's acting very similar, similarly to how Murray acts he's they're kind of similar in, in the way they kind of act around sure uh and so i just kind of like their heads budding and then obviously things go for a bad turn or near the end but for a second somehow
2: like, i feel like they're not going to be friends yeah i was
0: like oh is this going to be the new alexi
2: no nope. um, it's not rip smirnoff way to bring we that up steve making me sad and then we 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 cut back to another great scene. I don't know how we're gonna put this for real. I just don't. We cut back to uh Max and she's going around delivering all her letters to be discovered later, and she sees her mom. Um, and I seeing it a second time was great because I didn't really get fully everything. But she sees her mom outside hanging the laundry and she's like, Oh, you're not you're supposed to be at work. Oh, they gave me the day off, so I'm catching up on some chores, and they have a great exchange that Eventually turns into, of course, it's Vecna uh, shitting on her about the things she's already guilty about. Um, and it's terrifying. So the mom was never there. She's definitely not. She actually is working. Right. So it was this whole at some point, as soon as she turned the corner of the trailer, she blacked out and was in a, a, Vecta vision, a Vecna vision. Um I just thought that was really cool, you know, because I was kind of watching it last night and zoning out it. And I was like, oh, well, when did the mom it last night, huh? <laughs> right. When, I'm being honest, Andy. <laughs> I, I feel, I'm not going to let you Vecna my guilt. Andy, did you watch this last night? No, sir.
0: Steven, did you watch it last I night? I did not. I kind of I played by the rules here. Weird. Weird. How, weird how Chris has seen it twice. Do
2: you and feel like had it's had
0: diminishing returns, though? I had
2: for an incident.
1: The sudden Vecna <laughs> pop ups in the middle of a scene and like. There, there's a conversation and then it turns dark in the middle of a sentence. And now we're in the spooky no, because this is like the certainly
2: third, or, th- not in this third case. or fourth time that it's happened. And so, yeah, it was but for- this is the only time we've cared. Yeah. Like this is max. And it took me by surprise because it which should be diminishing returns. But I thought, it took by surprise the second time you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was her mother. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, that was clever. Whereas like every other time before this, mm-hmm. the cop really was there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess this is the first time where it's just the person that they're seeing. Is like, like the complete, whole situation is completely fabricated. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was wondering, I was a little confused because later on in the episode, Lucas says, like, hey, what happened with your mom back there? Like, he actually specifically says your mom to her. and Because I thought, oh, it's just a vision. Vecna wasn't there. But then when Lucas said it, I was like, wait was she there or did she just said like I had a run in with my mom she's a bitch I mean it's just the two of them that live there
2: yeah I just took it as I'm gonna go drop this letter off from my mom and then she comes out really upset okay. and so Lucas is like what happened with your mom okay
0: Um. But so yeah that was a, that was a really good scene it was a, it, I love how essentially like she gets tricked into hugging the monster and then oh that's not my mom it's a gross Rudy man yeah
2: and the reason he doesn't kill her there is because he's he like he needs to feed on the guilt right he's mm-hmm. playing with he's his her. yeah and then uh, we cut back to Robin, Don't like, be gross, Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> Andy alluded to earlier, Robin gives it away by saying Dr. Bradley instead of Dr. Brantley uh, when when they're talking to Dr. Hatch. Uh, but then they go in to talk to Victor Creel. But real quick, we cut back to Mike. And Mike was really good in this episode as much as I like to dislike him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he apologized to Will. He seemed really grounded um and hey i need you to be friends with me if we're gonna get through this i miss you buddy you're my best friend you know i think i've just been really selfish and guys what's um, what's great. happening
0: on the board is that is that a one on the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the on the episode since mike was a dick
2: yep he's wow. got a he's, he's got one. a full one on this let's see okay. if we can make it to two come on you guys uh, did you notice that uh when they, did you know did you notice? because <laughs>
1: they're <laughs>
0: Hello. Uh, They're packing up to get ready to leave. They're going to have this plan to have Argyle come deliver them pizza, quote unquote, and then bust out and go to Hawkins. But did you notice that uh, after their little conversation, Mike and Will, Will, they're like, yeah, we could be best friends again. Yeah, best friends. And Will's like, you know what? I'm going to grab this poster I made. Yeah. I'm really interested to see. What I didn't catch that. Is. Yeah. He grabbed the poster
2: and put it in his bag. So I'm really excited to see his painting. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be like, what if it's trash? It's, it's like two stick figures. It's, it's, it's going to be like them both shirtless. With
1: <laughs> Mike's arms wrapped
2: around on it. a horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, uh, what's that? the Putin, the Putin picture. Oh yeah. Uh, anywho. So what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get an act, an action scene of, uh, that was, that was a one right. Uh, yeah. there was, there was yeah. an extended one right in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the action part of it. Um uh, I think all the way until, um, when the shooting starts until Argyle cuts to Argyle, I think is one take, I think.
1: With hidden cuts, probably. There's definitely a couple of longer takes in there. At at least one significantly long one. It's it's fucking right. Yeah,
2: yeah. That that scene took me so much by surprise. Literally, turn. I was
1: like, this dude's
2: bad fucking ass. Well, not just that. Like his skill was funny because he was such a dud before that. Yeah, but and now he's John Wick. But just that in general in this show was so. Atonal. You don't mm-hmm. get like shootouts like that in no. Stranger things. Not at all. Like, it's usually stormtroopery dun dun boom boom. Uh, but that was like a really accomplished action scene.
0: Yeah, it was it was very intense. It was a big wonder. You're following the kids It's like bullets are flying. You see people, you know, military dudes breaking in and fucking Ponch or whatever his name is is mowing people down with his pistol and he's like, Yeah, behind me. <laughs> bang, 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 bang.
2: I, I don't Take I, cover. So
0: what, I shoot, you run. What
2: happened there? Is that the uh, Lieutenant Colonel's men? That's the the, uh, the other government. The f- so they just said, "Fuck it, go in there, shoot all the children with a machine gun." I think they're under the impression
0: that I don't know if they nefe- <laughs> like. What's the so plan? Man, I don't. I don't, th- I don't think they know that Doctor Owens is working against them. So in their mind, Eleven's there, and they're busting down the door because they need to fucking kill her because they think she's the you know she's the monster, right? Yeah. Right. And so, they're like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of... Shoot all the kids quick because they have powers. Yeah. Also, oh, shit, there's other military dudes here. Fuck them up, too. So, question. So, the
1: lieutenant colonel is against Dr. Owen. When Dr. Owen was interviewing Levin in the diner in the previous episode, was he not standing outside the diner? No, that's not him.
2: Leaning against the car? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, okay. That's the guy that was ordering the pizza in this episode. Oh, Mm Ponch. Or John. Or John. 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 Yeah. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there because it was like, it seems like they really turned the, turned up their heat quickly as far as the other factions concerned. Like, that's why that shot. Ch- and I loved how they set that up because he had just called Argyle and you hear the, the tires screech. And they're like, oh, the pizza got here quick. Well, 30 cool. minutes or less. And oh, it looks the ch-
0: like the buyers are having a party without me. That's not cool, buyers. Come
2: on. <laughs> that was so
1: good. And it, it comes out of nowhere. And I love the the little soldier dude. Like, hello there. And then, like, start shooting him and shit. Like, yeah. didn't he say hello? And then yeah, he, he does him? some weird little one some, like, Action
2: movie shit, yeah. yeah. Got your number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck, <and> drag. <laughs> Don't lose your head. John, yeah. Did you just say got your number? No. I'm manually. He opens the door. Pizza time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Extra sauce. <laughs>
1: Thirty minutes were death.
0: Nice. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> I, I loved Argyle in this scene though. This the where's that guy got a gun and they're just yelling drive. drive.
2: Yeah. It's reminiscent of Hopper getting Joyce to drive the car. Um Poor cut back Argyle. to uh Yuri's betrayal and there's this really extended, I don't know, Tarantino-esque scene where we get to he gets to gloat over the phone for some reason. He wants to do that cuz he's a goofball. Um but there's a wonderful shot in this scene. Again, I was I don't know why I was so smitten by it. So Enzo's on the phone on the payphone, and he's I think holding it with his left hand, staring out at the road. And then when he re- realizes that it's Yuri, he hears Yuri's voice. He's like, "Hello." He says, "Yuri," you know, <laughs> his little no ho Hank voice. The camera spins 180 degrees around Enzo as he's shifting to his right shoulder and right hand, and it was like this intentional visual the whole world has changed mm-hmm. like something's wrong you were super happy with yourself you did it successfully hopper got out holy shit this is great and then there's like this you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, this visual cue i thought it was just chef kiss something's changed mm-hmm. so you, Duffer they brothers make, they make the the camera illustrate that it it's was visual a visual storytelling it was a beaut man mm-hmm. it's almost like this is a visual medium and they're very mm-hmm. good at it right wow sean levy wow wow uh, so yeah Yuri's betrayal you know Hop gets in the church successfully which I guess we can extrapolate was part of the plan because there was keys under the rock uh, and he finds some peanut butter and it's heartbreaking because he, you know he's been in there for six months he's yeah. been eating slop and hard bread for six months David Harper's acting in
0: that scene where he pulls the peanut butter out and puts it in his mouth and just the, the fucking relief of just such a small convenience like Jiffy peanut butter it, uh, the acting is really really good in that
2: scene super good And even with the subtitles on, they caught it, too, because it says emotional gasp.
0: Mm. (laughs) I thought I I thought it was like really good acting,
2: but it was so heartbreaking because he's this like invincible, tough man. And every other season, right? And he's like barefoot, shaven, gaunt, like licking peanut butter off his dirty fingers and then like sitting in a bed on the floor, a mattress on the floor covering his little feetsies with a blanket and hunkering and like just terrified yeah. looking all around the room. It was, it was heartbreaking. Really, really well, well done. Yep. Uh, and we didn't, I fucked up. I didn't ask you guys for your overall thoughts on this episode prior to us doing the recap. It's good. Okay. It is good. I honestly think this is one of the best episodes in the entire show. I'm just floored by how good it is. It's definitely my favorite of this of this season, for sure. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, we're on the same page again. Thus wow, far. guys. Yeah and we're, we're writing a book my dude <laughs> uh so we cut back to max in the cemetery we're getting towards the end max is in the cemetery she wants to make amends to billy as well and read him her letter um and then lucas before she does that makes a speech hey i don't want I want. i don't want your fucking letter talk to me i'm your friend you know whatever else happens you can tell me anything you need to tell me now i'm here i'm right here mm-hmm. or anytime right that was, um, this is another moment of Man, I'm so glad Lucas is going this way. Because early
0: on, I was really worried. Like, yeah, because oh, gonna... he's been such a good character all throughout. That would have been yeah. too too hard to bear. And th- I think this is the best Lucas has been in the show as well. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, do you remember Lucas's actor? Caleb something. K- oh, he. Uh, whatever. This is like the best work he's been doing. I think McLaughlin. Yeah, I think is it Caleb right? McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the I best agree. work he's been doing yes. the whole show. Cause I mean, just the, you instantly connect with his plea of like, I'm here, talk to me, tell me. We've all had that situation where, you know, a friend's struggling, but they, they can't really voice why. And you just so much wouldn't want to shake them by their shoulders and be like, I'm here for you. I will do anything you want. Let me help yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets that across so well. And Sadie Sink is just crushing it so hard.
2: Yeah, I mean, it happens a little bit later uh, after the Victor Creel story, but eventually she gets to read her letter to Billy, um, and that's that's where I think she's just re- really almost spilled a water. Don't, whoa! Don't that get hot! Don't get hot, man! Killer reflexes. Thank you. <laughs> reflexes of a Jedi. I just think like her, the subtle nuances of her performance sitting there at that gravestone uh, were just were just powerful. Yeah. Uh, reading but first, the letter. we do get Victor's story. What did you guys think of uh, finally seeing the Robert England reveal and you know what were your thoughts on all that Creole exposition exactly <laughs> it was it was wonderful it was really good it was really good <laughs> <laughs> Bill.
1: uh no it, it was awesome it was great to get to see robert england uh do a little horror thing and he he was very much playing the victim and the dude that they cast to play like flashback
2: him like looked dead on that that was yeah. awesome that i've was... seen him in a bunch of stuff that actor really? but yeah okay. in this case it was like holy shit that's a young mm-hmm. robert england mm-hmm. really doesn't look like him that's pretty
1: cool um but yeah no i thought it was great steve what'd you think
0: uh, I liked it. It was probably, I wouldn't say it's the weakest part of the episode, but it was a little, for me, I, it didn't live up to my expectations just because it was a little too exposition-y for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really don't know how they kind of get around that of him. He has to have some sort of exposition in the scene, right, to kind
2: of show you what The only going thing that on. really, really bothered me was, like, because his whole, like, eyes being cut out was really shocking and cool, and they actually did a cool, like, I don't know. It was kind of a dolly zoom at one point with a blur effect. I don't know, but it was. I don't know that much about like that aspect of filmmaking, but it was neat. But I was like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, Vecna, like got his eyes, but didn't finish the job, or how did that happen? I was really curious about all that, and then you find out that him cutting his eyes was like a really ineffective suicide attempt. I tried to join my children, but mm-hmm. and then like it shows him slicing his eyeballs. It's like, why? <laughs> you could have sliced. Literally anything else and been more effective. And what? Like, that's how he lost them? And
0: oh my God, this is a really bad. Idea. Oh and my like, God.
2: That, that's like. Why tw- am I doing this? <laughs> that's twisted and neat, but like not in the sentence, like that visual is showing when he's yeah. saying that he tried to, you know, if he just like went mad, that's different than I tried to end it. Mm-hmm. So you're really bad at ending it, sir. Yeah. And uh- now you're just blind.
0: Am I mistaken in saying, and and, I did so much worse now.
1: (laughs) I I still think that there's a chance that he had
0: something to do with it. Um, And like, uh, you you, gotta murder your darling. Well, that's that's the thing is he mentioned his, his son was in a coma and died a few days later.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, so, did your son's eyeballs pop out, and then his, all of his b- bones
0: break? It should, and then he fell into a coma. I was confused by that too. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. There, I feel like there's definitely some more questions there that need to be answered from Mr. Old Victor Creel. And how did, he,
1: how did he know the music was helping?
2: And he didn't. I don't know. He just heard he, it, that was Robin's genius, yeah. like parsing through what the information they had been given. He said, "I heard the voice of an angel." And then he hummed it, and you know, he'd been too reminded of the events of the trauma and was just humming that song. And Ella Fitzgerald
0: is the voice of an angel. Indeed. It's all. Dream a little dream of me.
2: And so, and that was actually a clip from the song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chris out here with the. Voice I think of we're an done angel. with Victor. I think that's the Robert England cameo. I think we got the origin. We'll find out more about those events, but not that. I don't see any way that he could have been the cause because we still have to anchor the nefariousness in the upside down. The upside down certainly has nothing to do with magic and it certainly has nothing to do with Victor Creole. It's just a place that exists. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he kind of brought up something that I thought was interesting and that was just the
0: the town literally is cursed. Because he said, there's a curse upon this town, there's a
2: curse upon my house, and then it cursed my family there was a beautiful line, like, literally speaking, um, when he says, uh, I guess all evil Literary. needs a home. What right? did he say? He said, I guess all evil needs a home. Yeah, that um, was a really it, good it line. It just sounded cool, is all I'm saying. Now, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, like, Andy pointed out the Amityville homage that all of this. And that whole Victor Creole exposition dump was just kind of an homage to me, which is why the exposition part didn't bother me. Because it was all like James Wan-esque, you know what I mean? Um, like I was just like, oh, neat. We're we're in The Conjuring now. This is cool. Uh, this is Amityville. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. There
1: I, could be more to it. But. I don't think we're done with him. He, he's going, we're going to have a little Hann- Hannibal Lecter
2: moment. We're going to come back to the cell, I think. Yeah. I feel. Um, yeah, so then that's the whole Victor Creel thing. And then the dear Billy uh, aspect goes dark quickly because Billy himself... Walks out in a Vecna vision and accosts uh, a Sadie, a Sadie, a Max. And what I think was an incredible scene, uh, yeah. like the, I mean, daycare Montgomery. It's all daycare. He's uh, awesome. But like just the whole hammering at home of how guilty she feels and uh, just his whole monologue with that, like voice modulation that they put underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really, really cool. So good. Uh, And then Robin and Nancy run to the car because the security guards at the hospital are super lame. And get there just in time to tell Dustin <laughs> I, I their theory. <laughs> I, I love when Nancy does it. I think we could beat him. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Look back like a hundred percent. You'd have to be. Like <laughs> and then Robin, of course, is like, "Just so you know, I'm very uncoordinated." Yeah. <laughs> just so you know, I carry out the plan. However, don't be mad at me. I, I'm, you know, I'm ride or die on Team Nancy, right? But just so you know, <laughs> there's a high chance I'm going to fall. <laughs> uh, and then they they save Max with a song based on Robin's theory. Uh, what song was that, Steve? Kate uh, Bush that hill
0: by kate bush yeah
2: oh, it's Beautiful a great song, song. That a great... was a, that is a great song and
0: honestly when they were like what's max's favorite song i know they played the song earlier so it makes sense that it, that would be the song that they play but when i was thinking about it, like you know what that would be the character max that would be her favorite song it's such a max song that i'm thinking about <laughs> i wish it. it was something silly <laughs> you oh <Candy> spin- <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: my
0: world. Yeah.
2: what is this? It's the Benny Hill song I need you to love it. <laughs> that would have been like the never ending story moment <laughs> instead of uh the powerhouse moment that it was <laughs> yeah. I mean again, I-, I broke the rules. I'm a terrible person, that was my second viewing. I got chills, I was goosebumping. I was crying, mm-hmm. um and that was the second time I've seen it in less than twenty four hours So, I mean that is a just a crazy good sequence and that whole. Vecna's lair there's interesting things going on there everybody he's killed in the season so far is like stuck to a tree and I don't know what's oh, it's going like on he's in the house but the house
1: exploded but it's the pieces are still floating up in the air yeah, and there's the like a grandfather head. clock floating around
0: still and yeah that grandfather clock has to be more important than we've already we've been we've, we on certainly
2: it. have more questions than answers from this mm-hmm. episode yeah. I just I no longer think Victor Creel is even a small bad in this show you know oh,
0: I don't think he's a small bad either I just think maybe he might pop up, maybe not in the same context where he's dumping a lot of information. We but, might get another you moment. Might, you might see him some a more couple info. times. Maybe at the end, if they
2: beat him, you can see him in the cell like,
0: ah, I feel evil lifted.
2: Ah, <laughs> ah uh, I can see the- again. No, you can't. The other guy next door in the cell. No, you can't. Still blind. Ah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Uh this yeah,
0: this whole sequence is so great. Everyone was firing firing on all cylinders. I, I just want to point out I think um uh the acting from Joe Carey as Steve was really, really great, like the, the panic in his voice, and then that oh, yeah. that panic kind of slowly seeping into Lucas and Dustin as well. And just there was some real stakes because we've always wondered when are they gonna actually kill off a main character in the show? And for a little bit, it was like, oh my god, are they really
2: gonna axe max? I was watching it. I was hurting myself with how tense yeah. I was because Max is one of my very favorites. And I was just like, they could do it. It could, they could do mm-hmm. it. Not like this. Not like this. And, and then she's floating up and you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene, and I was thinking about this too when I was watching it. Dustin, like such good acting and not not even, I'm not even, it's not even Gaten Matarazzo. It's like the blocking that was so great. But uh, Steve's like, go fucking call Robin. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then Dustin like rolls off the little ledge and and stumbles and that's, it looked real. Like somebody freaking out, you know, and that would have hurt as an actor. So you got to do that six times. And I think of the dumbest (laughs) shit, but I was just, that is really good. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. And then uh, you hear the song, and then when she comes back, and they all kind of like hold her heartbreaking. <sighs> oh. I'm almost tearing up now, you, you're just dude. Like, you're gonna make oh, me cry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm <good> <laughs> hey, looking at I want to cry too. Because Andy I, died inside about two years ago. <laughs> he used to be into that.
0: Yeah, we kept the credits and Andy went boo. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, I said boo. I want to keep watching. It was all well, that's <laughs> it was true. Boo about having to go record. <laughs> that's true. That's but in true. that moment when they like collapse around her and
2: they and they hug her, like as an audience member, you're going through that. that well, they go to they, of, they, they they fade to black first to give you a. You know, Three more seconds of did she make it, mm-hmm. uh, which is mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was such a
0: audience moment audience member moment where you're just like, yes, I want to hold her too. I want to hold everyone there. Like, I'm just so happy that I want to hug Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Come on guys, let's hug it out. I want to call
2: Robin. Hi, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) What? Hi. I just Um, want to talk. (laughs) So that's the end of the episode there. Let's cut to our chocolate puddings. Uh, What is your top three favorite moments of this baller episode andy you're number three
1: so initially i had written down meeting yuri and then he revealed himself to be a cross that off and so it ruined it for me because when he, <laughs> never like, mind. he died by polar bear and it broke his heart and stuff and he loves bears and i was like i love this guy and i was like never mind don't love this guy cross <laughs> it off so then uh you don't get no pudding yuri <laughs> Ro- robin's uh impassionate speech uh and I-, I think the music was doing some heavy lifting there but uh just uh, the, the acting uh, what, by Maya Hawk in, in that moment was great. And it was like, you know, jumping off the plan and you're sitting there and like kind of on Nancy's side, like, shut the fuck up. You're going to ruin it. And she starts talking about like my fucking neck and my boobs hurt. And it's like you're ruining it. But she actually made some beautiful points. And uh, I, I, more than anything, I, I gave it the the uh, chocolate pudding because of
2: uh, the acting for Maya Hawk in that moment. Thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, she's the progeny of two of the best actors ever. It's true. She's going to crush it. Big facts. That's also my number three. Uh, I just really
0: enjoy Maya Hawk. She's great in this role. And I, I'm looking for, I, I love the pairing of Nancy and Robin. It's such a, such a fun little odd couple. Like this show has so many odd couple pairings of boys and boys, boys and boys, boys and boys. Oh, we got a girl and a boy. We got a girl. This is the first time we've had like an odd couple pairing of, oh, maybe not Max and Eleven in season three. Yeah. But this is a, there's a lot more
2: meat to this one. I feel like, uh, And it's like Andy pointed out, I think about it a lot now, you know, years ago that the Duffers make a point of putting the characters into duos, uh, sometimes in like almost hero and foil form so that we can bring out different aspects of their personality and stuff. And they different ones appear each season, most famously in season two, you got Steve and Dustin. He would have never guessed that, you know, we got these different kind of aspects of those characters and different performances out of both of them because of that. And, yeah, I was thinking that same thing. Like, now we get Nancy and Robin. I never saw that coming. And you get different aspects of them coming yeah. out, you know? Yep. Uh, my number three is the uh, uh, Hopper busting out of the prison. It's absurd, but it's also, again, it's kind of like gritty and visceral, kind of like a David a David Leach film or something like that. You know, some kind of like, atomic blonde, you know, one of those spy thrillers. Um so, yeah, really Christopher McQuarrie even, you know, it's like Submission possible shit. Didn't expect that. That's where the $30 million per episode went, boys, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, uh, blow up that shit. Uh, Andy, what was your number two? Uh, my number two is the
1: military attacking... Uh, Will Will's house and uh, it just because it came out of nowhere and this all of a sudden badass action scene this one nameless cop where he has a name but I, I don't know which one was which uh, just all of a sudden this dude's a bad motherfucker rolls off the couch like it's fucking pizza time let's go <laughs> and starts
2: he, his he, quick he, reaction time is crazy dude right?
1: he, he guns down like seven motherfuckers and like he he knows where to turn and when to turn and like everything about it it, it felt like John Wick but on a little bit more of a realism level it wasn't like gun fu yeah it wasn't kung fu it was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah he, but, he knew but, all
0: the entrances he knew he, knew where, <laughs> yeah. he had to turn his back he, to yeah scoped kind of every egress yeah
1: he like dude, he's a but, professional dude was doing his job and he was trying to protect those kids like yeah. this nameless hero he, he was a bad motherfucker well they got him in the van we assume maybe he's gonna make it so yeah. that's good i want him to i want to see I, him and murray Their (laughs) spinoff, yeah, Paunch
0: and Murray.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Steve, what was your number two? That's my number two as well. Mine as well. Fuck it. So so we all we all know what the number one is. This
0: scene was so intense, and I think this speaks to how good the number one scene is. That when this scene ended, I literally went whoo and turned to Chris and said, "That was fucking good."
2: (laughs) Well, again, I broke the rules and, and seen it. So Steve was taking notes, thinking that Argyle was about to open the door. And I, oh, yeah. I hit his arm like, nah, no, no. Pay attention. This <laughs> is important. Things are about and to then shift. It was it's pizza time. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody order extra sauce. <laughs> so all of our number one is Max running to the open gate open by the music. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the return of daycare was a big one for me. Uh, that dude's such a
1: phenomenal actor. And something about him walking menacingly towards a protagonist and, and mm-hmm. with, with a uh, big old soliloquy is pretty wonderful. And yeah. that voice modulation. It, the too. voice modulation reminded me a lot of the, like, we've been building it for you. Yeah. Like from uh, season three. And that's one of the best scenes in uh, season three. Oh yeah. And he, he pulled the same thing here where he's like walking deadpan serious face and like has the single tear drop. He did the same thing in that uh, yep. episode. And I was like, fuck this guy's good. Yeah. So it was awesome to get him back. But then, yeah, like the, the entire thing, like uh, Steve already pointed out uh, Steve freaking out and like the panic, the slow panic build up and like, like the, the gradual rise of the stakes in that moment were absolutely wonderful. Uh, but yeah, Daycare coming back was a big one for me.
0: One thing I want to touch on about Daycare is uh, when Max is reading her note, which, you know, she's crushing that role. It's such a, there's not a lot happening. She's literally sitting there reading a letter. It's an actor reading a letter and she brought so much real heart to it. Uh, she's doing like the little kid, like I'm not crying, I'm getting through this. Yeah, like, those wipes. But then she also touched on like, like, cause part of the so the season this answered a big question for me with the season, which was going into the season, Max and Billy weren't close. In fact, you could argue, you know, they hated it. Billy definitely hated her. And it was just this relationship of her suddenly being torn up about why that that he's he's gone. It's like, okay, I understand he was his brother. There's definitely probably some feelings there, but also, you know, it, that wasn't a healthy relationship. So her letter, when she's talking it out, really answered a lot of those questions for me that I had personally, where she was like, she's mourning the loss of like the fact that they could not reset after he saved her life and El- L's life. They couldn't have that moment where they could reset the relationship and possibly become the brother. She's mourning the loss of that possibility. Yeah. The loss
1: of what could have been.
0: Yeah. Less so than maybe the loss of what was actually there beforehand, because she even states like, you hated me. I hated you. And I I really liked how honest that was. And it really kind of sold what she's going through for me
2: in the season. Absolutely. And that's where to just to cap it off. I think um, there's this thematic through line to this season that goes far and above anything that they've ever done, which is elevating it for me of the, the importance of healing from trauma in a healthy way, the importance of not blaming yourself and um You know, because not only does the music help, but the music in itself doesn't pull her out. It just opens a door. You know, it's a lifeline to the real world. She has to to get out of the Vecna's grasp, Mm -hmm. has to focus on all the positive memories that she has and and think of how she's not alone. All these moments with her friends. And um, that's true in real life when you're in any dark moment. Right. Like they, they talk. Billy talks about like the end of his big soliloquy is that she has in her darkest moments in the middle of the night pondered following him in death. Right. So Max has been thinking about killing herself. Um, so this whole season's about mental health and mental illness and mm-hmm. people that don't recover from it and what happens and the people that do. So Vecna's curse is just it's it's self-loathing. It's depression. It's it's some very real yeah. things. Right. That isolation. Uh, yeah. And the false isolation that you feel when you're in that headspace. Yeah. Um, so I'm just completely and utterly moved by what they're doing with this cuz I haven't really gotten that sense in any other season. In other seasons I'm like, oh it's a fucking mind slip. It's a monster show, right? <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my god, they're doing some they've done some work with this writing. Um very impressed. I mean, that's just my take. Um I-, I love your takes, Chris. Thanks, buddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, uh, anybody have any egos they want to point out? Yeah, I got a couple. Um
1: so when they were uh, in the school when uh max was pointing out like this is where the clock was i saw a uh halley's comet uh like information board oh yeah uh 86 was the last time halley's comet was went through uh our orbit and it's not going to happen again to like 2061 or something can't wait uh, yeah can't wait (laughs) looking looking forward to that in (laughs) my uh 70s but uh yeah so that was a nice little uh very specific point in time uh
2: Accurate historical touch, I yeah, that was cool for sure. Well, I'll just throw it out there. Ponch and John is a reference to Chips, the TV show Chips, oh, the two motorcycle cops. cops. Yeah, okay. so that's that's not their names. That was just Jonathan being clever, like fucking Ponch and John out there. Okay. Um, i never that, watched Chips. That's what that was. Was Chips, uh, and then of course the obvious, you know, uh, Steve McQueen's the Cooler King. We got in a Tom Cruise. We got a Tom Cruise poster.
0: Yeah, that shot of Hopper riding the snowmobile up the hill is very reminiscent of the shot in The Great Escape when he ramps the motorcycle or tries to ramp the nice. motorcycle over the fence. Like it yeah. looks framed up the nice same catch. way. Yeah, um, and obviously they were alluding to that earlier with the Steve McQueen bit. Yeah, but yeah.
2: Uh, I'm going to throw an obvious one out there that I'm sh- uh, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, that was. Oh yeah. Pretty dead on when Nancy and Robin are walking by the cells in Pennhurst asylum, but also outside could be still silence of the lambs. But I was also getting like shutter Island vibes, like crazy, especially when they were running from the two security guards and, uh, You know that the the other I don't want to call them inmates, the other patients were. Yeah, I mean, Scorsese really hammed that up in his version. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got uh, some like one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibes, especially when the
1: uh, uh, hatch was saying like, "Oh, they could leave if they wanted to." Like, made me think of like Billy Bibbit and stuff, and how yeah. He that the nurse ratchet, ratch, ratchet, or hatch, damn it. Never mind. I I was (laughs) like, his name was Ratch. No, it was Hatch. I mean, that could still be a hatch, ratchet, whatever. Hatch Uh, and ratchet. Anyway, when nurse ratchet was like, no, uh, uh, dude,
0: uh, Nicholas, (laughs) no, dude, (laughs)
1: um uh no, anybody could leave whenever they want to. Uh there's also uh, uh Erica saying I want the Nintendo with the duck hunt, um which is Hell pretty, yeah, pretty Erica, solid, but that that's also uh, low hanging fruit. Steve, there's a couple like music posters and stuff. Did you catch any of them? Uh posters? Yeah. Uh,
2: not in uh you talking Nancy's about Nancy's room? Will's room? Uh Nancy's room, I think. Or maybe well Nancy had the Tom Cruise. I saw a band I, on I the room. I think back she also had
1: uh REM or was that Will's also i think art, yeah, there are a couple I posters i saw posts. in the background but i honestly can't really make them out one one was definitely an rem poster uh,
2: oh they were out in mm-hmm.
1: 86 nice. we it's got the, the end business. of the world uh, they, they did a 80s horror zoom out uh when uh mm-hmm. max was getting into the car uh when they were go, she said we want to go to. Uh, she said she had somewhere she wanted to go, and then it turns out that it was the cemetery that she wanted to go. But uh, when she's starting to get into the car, and then she starts to hear the clock, it does like for for a hot minute after the 80s, uh, it became sort of folk. Uh, a faux pas to use Zoom. It's always supposed to be a dolly out. Uh, and so a Zoom is a very stylistic choice. Like Ramey does that uh, probably a lot? Uh, Ramey does Zooms a lot, but uh, oftentimes now when Zooms are used, they're used in conjunction with a dolly one way or another. And But to do just strictly a Zoom is a very stylistic choice, often to try to uh, evoke a certain time frame or a, t- a time period of filmmaking and is used heavily in the 80s. Uh, it Follows did it a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, But so the zoom out uh to give a sense of dread and isolation in the moment when she's starting to hear the clock again was a big stylistic choice for sure and it felt like a little bit of an easter egg to me i also saw a little shop of horrors poster in will's room nice it was pretty cool um in this case i would i guess it would have just been the musical when did the movie come out
0: oh, oh gosh
2: uh in the I 80s think, yeah the was movie was rick, rick moranis yeah. so it had yeah. to be yeah but, yeah but that's a remake too mm-hmm.
1: yep I also caught an Elvira poster Ooh, in the uh, I didn't in the Russian uh, building where they had all the American stuff. Which oh, that's cool. what that was. Okay,
0: yeah. I so that's an example of the posters. I'm like oh, like with the, the cigarettes
1: and peanut out butter out and stuff. It, yeah, yeah. So there, that that was just their little American church. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <all> The,
2: <laughs> um, the church of I love that. That's awesome. where they can stash it. Nobody in that town like goes to worship. Yeah, so they are <laughs> like it's definitely safe in here. <laughs> Lock this up. Uh,
1: and then the last one they have is a pretty obvious one uh, when. Uh, Max's in the upside down vecna graveyard there's really only one grave that you can read and it's it's big and obvious to read and it just says Myers.
2: so uh, it felt like a halloween reference i didn't notice that as big and obvious as it was I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read it yeah um and this is a, a weak one but it had to be intentional i don't, i think uh apocalypse now when Yuri smells the cash i love the smell of cash in the morning yeah yeah, yeah. i, wa- I wonder if that was that too has to be a Apocalypse Now
1: reference,
0: right? For sure. Is that all the egos that we got? Uh, there was the songs. Obviously, we talked about Dream a Little of Me by Ella Fitzgerald. There was also Pass Me Dutchie by Musical Youth, I think is the name of the band that sings that song. Uh, and then... I wrote this number down. It's a door number, but for the life of me, I'm, I'm staring at this and I can't remember where it was in the show, but there's a room number 109. That was the hotel that uh, Murray and Joyce were. Okay. I yeah. I believe that's a, a room number that's important in the Silent Hill games.
1: Okay. That's, a, that's
0: a hotel room. I really? Th- is that I think the, so. Where they open the door and it's the dog? And he's like, it was you all alone. I think so. <laughs> if I'm not, mis- I could be mistaken. This is like a, something I'm like. And I wrote I this, this one down Hill. for you, Steve. Or Silent uh, Hill 2. Oh, is it? Silent? Yeah, it is definitely Silent Hill Two, where
1: they have the dog ending or whatever. Um, I saw not just a Pop Tart, but an old Pop Tarts box for the the chocolate Pop Tarts, and I was like, Steve,
0: oh man, chocolate
1: Pop Tarts! I haven't heard of those in a while. Do they sell chocolate <laughs> Pop Tarts still? I don't know. Like, there's like the fudge ones that are mm. like, but uh, that was just like a normal Pop Tart, but with like chocolate. Yeah. I get
2: the s'mores Pop Tarts all the time. I there's a that. there's a short film called Room 109, and it's it's a horror short. You know, a new apartment that he f- later finds out is haunted. That was from 2016, though, so that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, is it made by the Duffers? No. <laughs> Executive producers, the Duffer Brothers. I don't know. I don't know what that, but it's got to be something. Maybe it's like a common trope. The 109s. If it was also in Silent Hill. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, that brings us to the best, most popular portion of our show: the reading of the Stranger Things Mad Lib we created. Yes, and this.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: uh yeah well this just popped up silent hill 2 blue creek apartment room 109 so that's definitely a thing
0: hell yeah i remember things i'm a good boy but uh this episode's mad libs is entitled will are you there let's find out if he is i know he's out there i can feel it in my feet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> my intelligent son is alive, and I don't care what di- what Jim Smith fucks or anyone else in this town thinks. <laughs> Jim Smith fuck. I heard my will smack into the phone. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> I know it was him. I'm <laughs> I'm four twenty percent sure of it, but the phone. That lonely phone got zapped again. I felt so hopeless, but then I noticed the geese started to flicker. (laughs) I'm telling you it was a sign. They started
2: men...
0: (laughs) (laughs) They started menstruating and flashing. And I know it sounds fierce, but I think he's trying to use them to throw me. (laughs) Don't believe me? I've got every strand of Christmas geese I could find strung up in the living room. Uh, from the living room to the ocean room, my whole house looks like looks like Santa's Tudor home. Will, are you there? Will? If you're here, please relax. <laughs> Will, relax. <laughs> Blink once for yes, and twice for Heath Bar. Confound it all! <laughs> Did you toss that? It blinked. He's here. I need more friends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done. Well done. One of the best ever. Uh, well, thank you for tuning in to chapter four. We gotta go, because we gotta watch chapter five. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Rate right can view the show.
0: Do it. Do it. Do it now. Hello, my name is Yuri, and I will be indoctrinating you into Soviet Mindset. Prepare to open your mind and receive thanks from the motherland. I would like to thank Feel for your contributions. Thank you, Carmelita. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Enza. We will be in contact with all of you shortly. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Cake is delicious, but not this cake. She is person. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Elo. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Stephen V, a former Tsar of the Motherland. And thank you, A. Wells. Tune in next time for us to give thanks to true communist power where we crush the American capitalist pigs!
2: Thank you so much, Yuri, for joining the show. Thanks.